Good morning. Yes, I'm on. Awesome. Good morning, everyone. Morning. My name's Andrew. If you haven't met me before, and I used to be a maths tutor. I was tutoring one of my friend's younger sisters in math, and this was she was in like year nine or ten. And she wasn't bad at maths. Like I was noticing as the expert tutor that I was, was that she wasn't bad at maths that she understood the concepts quite quickly and she, she just needed a bit of encouragement and just needed to practice a bit more because that's kind of a bit of what maths is. You learn the method, you practice it heaps and you hopefully have the, the problem solving ability to solve the problems that are a bit left field. And so I asked my friend about this, like, like why, why doesn't she like maths? Like if she just put in the effort a bit more, like. She would be good and like she'd be thriving in it. And he told me that in year six, her math teacher told her, or her, well, in primary school, it's just, your, the teacher is everything, I guess. Her primary school teacher told her that she wasn't good at maths, that she was bad at maths. And so having her teacher say that to her stuck with her all the way through to high school and was just kind of had this impact on her that she just didn't want to try at maths. And so today we're looking at words, and words can have a big impact on our lives. Some of us might relate to that story where someone said to you today, hurtful or impactful, and it's stuck through your life and even affects you today. Other of us, we might have had some actually really good words spoken to us, some really encouraging words, and we can look back on our life and say, like, I'm here today because so-and-so said that to me, and for a lot of us, we might have a mixed experience of that with both the positive and the negative words people have said to us. Last time um, I was up here, we looked to being. We saw God's powerful words bringing existence into being. We saw planets and stars come into existence by His very words, let there be light, and there was. And so, following our goodness theme, we're looking at God's words, um, His word through the Bible, and how those words are good, how those words can speak to us, how those words can encourage us, equip us, teach us different things, and help us through the many challenges that we face in our lives. Wouldn't we rather listen to God's words? Wouldn't we rather look back five years from um, or look back, five years into the future, looking back, and think to ourselves, like, those words that I read, those words that someone shared with me, like, God's words have led me to where I am today. And I want to acknowledge, like, for many of us here, we might have had a go at reading the Bible, we might have read the whole thing, but find it challenging. There's, there's lots of things in the Bible that sometimes don't make sense to us, or dare I say, we find boring. Um, one of the things that like, I, I try to help myself understand that is if you look at all like the internet jargon and language and memes and you imagine your grandparents trying to understand that, that can sometimes be our experience of reading the Bible where it was written for a different context, a different people and so some of the meaning kind of gets lost and we have to do a bit of extra work. It's not as straightforward as just kind of reading the title and we know exactly what it says. 
And then for some of us, we might have read the Bible for 30, 40, 50, 60 years and have it shape our lives, but we've become so familiar to it that we miss details, that as we sit down and read it, we skim over it. At, at youth, this term, we're looking at the miracles in Mark and just kind of going through it just to kind of prepare the different talk topics. Like, I notice myself doing that because I know Jesus walking on water, but then you miss, like, the little details that are in that story that add extra depth and meaning. And so, in setting all this up, I just want to say that, yeah, it's okay if you find reading your Bible difficult. It's okay if you find it challenging, but there's so much richness and goodness that God wants to speak through His words to our lives and the circumstances we face. We're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, and some people might already know it's going to be verses 16 and 17. And then from there, we're going to kind of like bounce around the Bible just to kind of explore what God's words mean through that. And so, if you want to look it up in your physical Bibles or devices, it's going to be up on the screen, and I'm just going to pray as we do that. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you speak through it, and you speak through it in so many different ways to each of us. We're saying to us, we pray that you help us hear what you're saying to us. We pray that despite the, the circumstance right now will bring us peace. And I pray that your spirit will speak to each and every one of us where we're at through your words. Amen. Amen. So this, this passage, it's called Timothy, and they had this kind of Paul to Timothy. They, like, Paul mentored Timothy, and they had this kind of father-son relationship. They went on some mission trips together. And near the end of this, uh, in a church, and Paul's writing this encouragement to him. And near the end of this letter, he's placing a very, like, uh, lots of importance on how important it is for Timothy to remember God's words, to look at the Scriptures, and not only why, uh, how they're important, but why they're important, what, the, what they can do. So, I'm going to read, starting at verse 16, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the first little part of that says, all scripture is God-breathed. Now, some of you might have had a conversation with a friend, a colleague, just said he was real. I'd blink along the lines of like, if God just spoke today, just said he was real, I'd believe. Like if he just, you know, big audible voice from the I would believe. And the truth is, God has already spoken. God has spoken. If, um, it'd be interesting, is it all seven core values from our church? Interesting. I should have looked them up too so I could say it was me. <laughs> but number three is what the Bible says, God says. And so, it's some homework for us, I guess, just jump on that website. But that God um, breathed also can translate to uh, inspired by God. So, what God has said through the Bible, he, it's Him speaking. Whether it was people, I don't know, penning the words to paper or whatever instruments they used back then, 
what God has said through those people, the 40 or so different authors, he, he's inspired them through his spirit to put together this collection of books that tell this one unified is his words. And one of the things as I was preparing this is I realized speaks in myself that God hasn't just spoken, but he speaks. In Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is alive and active. The word of God is alive and active. It's not something that's just been spoken in the past, but it speaks today. And as I, I look out, like across this room, there's heaps of us in here and each of us are facing different circumstances in our lives, different challenges. For some of us, like we, we might have had like a, an okay, a good week. You know, maybe our, our child scored a winning goal in soccer in the semifinals. But for some of us here, we're doing it quite tough. That this week has been actually quite challenging and shocking. And what I want to encourage us, every one of us, regardless of what circumstances we're facing, can speak to each and every one of us where we're at. That His Word is alive and active. Highlight different things depend mean different things to us and comfort us and He can highlight different things depending on what we're facing. And so we can have confidence that when we open up our Bible, God is going to speak to us. Is that His Word does the scriptures being God-breathed, that God speaks through them, is that His Word doesn't change. Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withers and the flowers fade away when the Lord's breath blows on them, but the Word of our God will stand forever. And so we can take heart in what He said thousands of years ago to people in lands that are thousands of kilometres from us right now, that what He said to them is still true today, that what we've heard him speak to us when we were a child is still true today, that the way he speaks, that we can take hold of his promises in that. God's word doesn't change. So we're continuing on. Um, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. Georgina and I have this short tradition of watching the Lord of the Rings extended edition every winter. For some yeah, for some people, that might be like, wow, why would you do that to yourself? Uh, for others, that would be like, that's just not enough. Like, it should be at least three times a year. <laughs> but one of the things I notice um, is that there's, as you re-watch it, we haven't got to the point where we can quote every line verbatim, and that might take a while, and I don't know if that's a skill that I want to acquire. <laughs> but one of the things I notice in the scenes is different things that I missed on my first watching. There's different details that come to mind um, that you see and you notice how they frame shots and just like all these little things that kind of make the story come together. And I think that's something that we um, find when we read the Bible, that we could read the same passage a few times and different things are highlighted to us in that. Last week, Pastor Tim spoke about the lady um, anointing Jesus' feet with oil. And I remember that story, but I never realized the detail of she went looking out for Jesus. And it's, it's, it's those little details that add to the story and God can speak through those extra things. And so we can read the same passage, but God can speak to us through it in a new way. And I think a lot of us or a lot of people perceive or see the Bible 
as just this really chunky, thick rule book that it's just a list of do's and don'ts, and if you do the do's and don't do the don'ts, you'll be good. But I think that that is helpful in some sense, but I think the Bible goes beyond that, and it's not just showing us these bunch of rules, but it's showing us these principles and godly wisdom in which we can live out our lives. And so a rule is very specific, like to specific circumstances, but a principle is a bit more, I guess, widespread or universal that it can apply to each of us, but in different ways. When we, we look at the Bible, we don't see specific like, sentences telling us, how do I be an accountant in my 21st century life and what to do when there's problems with like, just the things that happen in a workplace? Or it doesn't say in the Bible, what is an appropriate amount of screen time for me to have each day? Instead, we find principles and wisdom that teach us how to, that are in the digital age, and so that God's Word is still speaking today to the people that are in the digital age, and to the people 2,000 years ago who didn't have that kind of technology day by day, no matter if still speaks to each of us and continues to teach us day by day, no matter if we've been following him for a year, 10 years, 50 years, word. He speaks to us and teaches us through his word. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking. King David, he's one of the like, well-known people from the Old Testament, we use that analogy, um, even in the secular world. And one of the second most things he's probably known for is for his failure with sleeping with Bathsheba. And so to paraphrase the story, he sees this beautiful woman, takes her back to his um, castle, sleeps with her, she falls pregnant, and then he tries to cover up the mess and his mistake, and it ends up with him sending out her husband to the front line to die in battle. And so in 2 Samuel 12, we have this account of the prophet Nathan going to David. The Lord sent Nathan to David, when he came to him, he said, a very large number of sheep and cow, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb. Drank from he raised it and it grew up with him as his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler, who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. Sometimes we need an external source to tell us when we're in the wrong. We need like almost this reality check or wake-up call where David knew what he did was wrong but was just kind of living a life that just ignored it, just tried to like move on and brush it aside. We, we, like God's Word can speak that into our lives. And it, like I get it's not the most pleasant thing to have to realise, oh, the thing that I've been doing, like not great. And maybe it's a thing of like we've been trying to like use, I don't know, rationalise why we've done it 
or we've tried to um, just like, yeah, ignore it, but God's Word does that. And we've got to remember who God is and He's loving and He's, yeah, in that, but it's just, yeah, the reality of it is it, it examines our heart. If I go back, I didn't put it in the slides, but that Hebrews 4.12 verse continues on after saying God's Word is alive and active and says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates into dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's Word can almost be used as like a, a looking glass into our soul, into our heart. It can reflect back like who we are on the inside and help us examine ourselves when we're kind of, I don't know, blinded by our own pride or ignorance. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like I was saying before, it might not be this pleasant thing, but if, if we're people who want to become more and more like Jesus, if we want to continue to walk closer and closer to Him and to, to reflect His image, uh, this is part of that process. And it might secondly, in this, um, it also, it's part of that. And secondly, in this, um, it also helps us to notice, I guess, the, it sounds extreme to say, like, false teaching that we see around, that people that say they know Jesus or claim to, to represent Him, but then when we hear what they say, it just, it, yeah, we can quickly identify that. I was watching, this is really crazy, but, like, I don't know, this person was like trying to like do this thing where he like equated Jesus as God's son, S-O-N, to like the son, then started going through the zodiac and then like the Egyptian gods and things. I was just like, whoa, that, that, yeah, I was not expecting that. And it's the thing of like, when we know God's word, when we know what he said, we can see that straight away. Like if, if I, did, like imagine if I didn't identify that and then came up here and started checking, hey, I've just discovered this really cool new thing. Like, yeah, no, that would be me as well. But, um, so, like, it's really helpful that we can identify that. When Jesus prays for his disciples in John 17, 17, he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And so we can test everything with God's truth. If we're not sure if it's God's words, we can use being said to us through the Bible to test what is being said. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. There was a shortage. I upgraded my computer. And this was something that I had never am, So not like an animal, but it's like bought these things called a motherboard and RAM. So not like an animal, but it's like these <laughs> sticks that go into the computer. And so kind of like Michael Scott from The Office, like I knew what I was. So I was trying to assemble my computer. Since I had no idea what I was doing. And so I was trying to assemble my computer and yeah, get it to work. And I was documenting it all on my Instagram story. And so, oh, and so Instagram's this thing where um, <laughs> you can like post pictures and things. And it's like TikTok, but two weeks late. <laughs> and sorry, I forget, I'm not at youth. So TikTok's this social media platform <laughs> where people post short form content less than a minute. Um, and it's basically where young people get their news, life hacks, and everything like that. So, um, so I was posting my journey assembling my computer. I'm just going to get the wording correct. A graduated youth kid comments, I'm just going to get the wording correct. Oh no, I see so much wrong. It hurts. <laughs> I want to fix it. You clearly know that I don't know what I'm doing. Help me correct my mistake. 
And so God doesn't just bring up our mistake correction, uh, trying to work out the mess, but he also provides correction. Uh, the word for correction here can translate to, to make straight and our ways straight. A kink in a rug, God makes us and our ways straight and aligned with him. That we're shown what is wrong, but we're also shown the other side and what to do instead. So, um, yeah, as we read God's Word, He can help us to, to work out what it is. And it's, it's one of the things I, I enjoy, that we get to do this together, that we get to, we're not alone um, in this process, and it's we get to support and encourage one another through that. So continuing on with the Timothy verse, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and be trained in righteousness, in righteousness. So God's word helps us to be trained in righteousness, to know basically like the difference between right and wrong, to live well. And I like Psalm 119, verse 105, it puts it in a, in a way that's helpful, is your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's Word helps us not to walk in darkness, that it guides us through the tricky decisions that we need to make. When the path isn't as clear as we would like to be, God's Word lights the way and guides us. And the more we read it, the more God's Word transforms our hearts and minds to be more in step and in line with God and His way. And one of the things I really like that he does this is through Jesus, his son. That he doesn't just tell us how to live, but he also does it himself. That he walks on the very earth that we walk on, that he lives out the way and he does it perfectly, that he's able to show compassion to those that need compassion, to show love to those that we might find hard to love. And he, he leads a life of example of what it means. Uh, so we're gonna read verse Uh, so we're going to read verse 17 now and it says so all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuke for every good in righteousness so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work a while ago now i have to remind myself that was a while ago but i was part of uh, the lennox head beach mission team and so we would drive the eight or nine hours up to Lennox Head and run New Year break. And families in the caravan park over the Christmas New Year break. And one of those years, uh, myself and Will Monk, uh, we were equipment officers. And so the motto of the equipment officers was equipped to equip. Now, um, we also had a, an unwritten motto that we spoke only to ourselves which was cable ties, the strength of 10 strong men. <laughs> yeah, no, if you've used cable ties, they are a great thing if you do not know how to tie knots. Um, and just to give everyone the peace of mind, the tents never collapsed. So in our shortcomings, in our failures, cable ties were the solution and duct tape. And I would say we were equipped, but I wouldn't say we were thoroughly equipped. God's Word thoroughly equips us. He doesn't leave us out with a bunch of cable ties and duct tape, but goes beyond that to give us the right training, the, the right skills 
that we need. And so I want to go, and the first one I think is very important, the tools in our arsenal that the Bible gives us. And the first one I think is very important, and that is hope. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. I think hope's a very important thing, particularly when you can't see it. But as we look through the Bible, there's so many situations of people facing these situations that seem hopeless. We look at Abraham and Sarah, two people that were very, very old, who didn't have children, and God said, you're going to have a child. We look at Moses, he's kind of got like the Red Sea on one side, and Pharaoh's army, probably one of the most, I don't know, threatening armies at the time, like just kind of pinned between two places and God provides a way through the Red Sea. We see, we're going to look at Esther a bit later on in the year and Esther has to stand up, speak to the king, which could end in her death, but the king listens to her. If you know the story of Jonah, he has to go to this city, super wicked city, um, God's saying like, they're not going to turn to me or whatever. They're a bad city who, scrap that, delete that. Um, no, but basically, they're a bad city who, like, Jonah just doesn't like, and they surprisingly turn around back to God, repent, and turn from their wicked ways. And if you know the story of Gideon, him and 300 men, it's not like the 300 movie with Jared Butler, but like, him and 300 men go up against 300,000, and they defeat them. And so, we're told that through those stories of hope, and there's countless more, that we can have hope in the situations that we face. That if God and His Word stands true in the past, it's going to stand true today. And so that if we can trust Him, that He worked through those people's lives, He again can work through our lives as well. The, the second tool, which I think is quite important, and it's kind of like integrated in the whole thing, is God equips us with His Spirit. That in the past, God dwelt in the temple but now God dwells in each of us. That when we, we put our faith in Him, the Spirit of the living God who created the universe lives in us too. I've got a few verses, just a Holy Spirit, whom the Father Spirit, uh, John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And then Romans 8:26. in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do, not, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. God's Spirit is one of the th ways that we are equipped thoroughly, whether it's feeling the peace that transcends all understanding to when we're facing tricky times, where it's feeling the hope when it seems like all hope is lost, when we, when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to pray for, God's Spirit can speak through us and give us the words that we need. When we don't have the courage to be brave and we're just feeling quite timid in terms of speaking up, God's Spirit can make us bold and do what we need to do. Uh, if you're not convinced of the, like the Holy Spirit's power, look at the difference between me talking now and then talking to me at morning tea after this one-on-one. -on -one. different. But like God works through each. But now don't all come up to me afterwards because that's going to be different. 
But like God works through each of us and gives us the ability to do the things that He's called us to do. So we, we've talked a lot about God's Word and how it's good and why it's important for us. But I wanted to finish looking at some practical ways for us to actually read it. To, to look at some ways that would actually be beneficial. And the thing I just want to say, like, straight up, is that, um, yeah, what, what works for one person isn't always going to work for everyone else. And the second thing is, what works for you for a season might not work again when circumstances in life change. And so I'm going to share some things that I found helpful and then a method of trying to yeah, do it as well, which was going to have a great like trick for memorization. So be excited for that. Uh, but um, one of the things with our Bible reading is we can set up unrealistic expectations. I'm not going to ask people to put their hands up, but there's probably lots of us who've tried to do the Bible, yeah, Bible in a year, and then we've gotten through Genesis, maybe Exodus. If if that's what you wanted, Eutychus, and then like the plan fizzles out, like we like so. If, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But I had the experience of like trying to go through the New Testament in a month. And so I set my alarm at 5.30, which for some people might be late. But for me, that was very early. And I would wake up, sit up in my bed, turn the light on and read 10 chapters of the New Testament. And I like that was, it was one of those things where it's like, that was a good time for that specific month. And I didn't make it to the end. I made it to Revelation. So it was almost there. But like that, I found that helpful because it just forced me to be disciplined. But then when I got out of that rhythm, it just kind of went. But um, so yeah, find what works for you. If that's something that you that that really works for you, just having that discipline, something extreme, like give it a go. But I'm just trying to preface that might not work for everyone, and I'm guessing most people. The second thing um, that I found helpful, particularly, I have to say, like I've just worked out the sentence doesn't make sense, but like. Not breaking my ankle was helpful. When I broke my ankle, what I found helpful was that I, I noticed, like I tried to like work out what are my patterns of behavior and how can I like squeeze reading the Bible into that so like I wouldn't procrastinate. And so I the top bar of like a be on my laptop. And so what I did was I added a bookmark to like the top bar of like a daily devotion. And so I made myself, before I go on YouTube, before I daily devotion, and I'm gonna think how that's gonna work. Anything else, I'm gonna open up that book tab I'm going to read the daily devotion and I'm going to think how that's going to apply to my life. And that was something small, but I found it really helpful because it was, I was reading the Bible. I had someone else's insight. So it sounds a bit lazy to say I didn't have to work as hard, but it was very interesting to have someone else's view and then work out with like, how does that work for me? Is that something that's helpful? and just kind of wrestle with that. And so like, that doesn't have to be like a, a website, you could get a daily devotional book and just follow along with that. You might find that helpful. And the other thing I found helpful in the past was particularly during lockdown, like people would go on like bushwalks and stuff. And so I found listening to the Bible helpful, that I could go out in nature, not be trapped inside, but listening to God's word. And sometimes I would do that at home with my physical Bible and listen to it. So then I wouldn't skip words when I'm reading it by myself, but I would just follow along with the words. So that went like I, I had to, I did turn it up to like 1.25 speed, but every word. And I found that I didn't want to go faster than that. I just wanted to make sure that I'm hearing and reading every word. And I found that helpful. 
So the acronym, when you're in the shower and you're using soap to wash yourself, you could think, have I read the Bible yet? And so if people are having showers today, just remember soap and then think that to yourself. So the words stand for scripture, reading. It's just reading a chapter, reading a passage. So maybe it's just like one of those headings to headings part, like reading a part and reading that. Maybe it's reading it a few times if it's something shorter or if it's something that you didn't understand at first. And then it's asking yourself, what do you observe? Like what's, what's God highlighting to you? What stands out to you? After that, it's thinking through the application. So what, how does that apply to my life? Is that just a helpful truth for me to know? Is there a call to action in terms of how I'm supposed to live differently? Like, how, how does that apply to my life? And then finally, pray about it. Pray that God would, if it's still challenging and you don't know what it's saying, pray that God would help you understand it. If it's putting into practice something that is quite tricky, pray that God would help you do that. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see if, if people try that and how that goes, feel free to let me know. Um, and before we close up, I, I just want to share one last quote about God's Word, and I feel like this really kind of fills in the gaps if there's anything that I've missed on how good God's Word is to us. So it was Rick Warren who said it, but I saw it on the Youth Alpha video because Nicky Gumbel was saying it, and this is what he says about God's Word. God's Word generates life, creates faith, produces change, frightens the devil, causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, transforms circumstances, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, cleanses our minds, brings things into being, and guarantees our future forever. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Continue to speak to us. You speak to us through it. And we just pray that you continue to speak to us through it, that you help us be people that listen to your words, to read your words. And we pray as we go out that you help us work out what that looks like in our own lives, that you help us encourage each other in our Bible reading, and we just, yeah, thank you again for those words and how they speak into our lives. Amen.